0: Skanket. Bang! Oh, 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 oh,
1: what was that? Sounds like an explosion I was walking away from in slow motion. No need for to scare people like that,
0: Daddy. That's unnecessary. Um what is our next category? Actions and thrillers. Actions and thrillers. What was the best action Actions? film this year? <laughs> action action and
1: thriller what was the best action film this year and was it Mission Impossible Fallout
0: yeah in terms of straight up action 100% 100% it was Mission Impossible how great was the action especially the third act I know this I feel like this is quite a generic thing to say but that is like Mad Max Fury Road levels of action yeah like how I mean, because they did—they jumped out of a plane like every day for like three <laughs> months or something to get that like that three-minute sequence. But it, it totally pays off because it's an incredible sequence. Mm. I had to
1: like, I, even though I went in the cinema and as is tradition, I sat down. I came out the film and I was like, I need to take a seat. I need to take a,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I need to sit we down for a, a second. It's so relentlessly fast-paced, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But every fight scene is feels jet like. Henry Cavill feels like he has a lot of power behind him. Yeah. Like, when he's punching and smashing walls and things like that, I'm like, oh yeah, you can really feel the, like... You could feel that mustache power in his muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was it worth it, do you think, the whole Justice League debacle? I think it was worth it. I think his mustache is great. Yeah. He suits I think it. it's definitely worth it. Because um, Justice League was terrible and this was great, so... Um, he's going to kill himself at some point through tom cruise okay. through just the insane shit that he <laughs> I don't does the like. way you were
1: going with that then because you were talking i thought you were talking about henry Cavill, no. and i was like he's gonna kill himself because uh, he's no longer doing superman he um
0: he's definitely gonna yeah yeah it feels like it
1: doesn't it it seems like <laughs> but he the, was
0: he was so great for people telling um saying how weird
1: tom cruise was he was so relatable as that action hero who was like fucking hell now i've got to do this yeah now i've got to jump out a helicopter now i've got to jump off this building now i've got to defuse this nuclear bomb yeah now i've got to punch henry cavill in his rock solid face in his <laughs> rock solid mustache like it was stranger related for a man who can survive anything and they even go weirdly sort of martyr in this film uh-huh. where they're like the his ex-wife's like i knew i couldn't stay with you because i knew you had to go and save the world you yeah. know the fuck are you talking about fair enough whatever but like he was surprisingly relatable for an action i think action it's all, hero.
0: I, it is funny that's like the kind of bit that isn't maybe as great as how the, how much they like the, the whole thing of oh like he just has to save everybody he just says like, shut up like, this is so ridiculous like it's just it's just tom cruise being a insane person it was Great. Right.
1: It was such a great action film. Yeah. Oh, fucking.
0: Yeah, there's so many great sequences. There's so many, like, really, like, exciting sequences. um, And it's a good, like, globe-hopping movie. Yeah. Because, you know, you always love those. Um, Everybody in it's on top four. Like I said, I mean, most people in it are ridiculous. Hmm. But... It's really great. I think it might be the best Mission Impossible movie. Maybe even better it, than the Brad, Brad Bird yes. one. Yes, I and think it's it weird be. because I really didn't like Mission Impossible Five, which is maybe the same director. Hmm. I think it's interesting how much he managed to kind of turn this one around. I think the problem with Mission Five it just didn't have anything particularly unique about it. Yeah, but this one
1: you just it just hit you so hard. Everything mm-hmm. in the, this film, like it's a solid
0: action film. Yeah, um, yeah, really like solid bloody. 10 out of 10, mate? Or maybe not 10 out of 10, but, well, you know, it's a good time. <laughs> I love uh, fucking what's-his-face, the villain. I forget his name. Oh, oh he's in a film we're going to talk about later. Sean Harris, is that his name? Yeah, what film is he in later? Little, little uh, it's sizzle. a f- little horror movie called Possum. Did you hear about okay, that? Okay, I haven't seen Possum. We're going to talk very briefly That's about it. a little sizzle yeah, for later. There si- you go.
1: Um, yeah Mission Impossible absolutely brilliant if you haven't watched it you don't even have to watch the previous I'm, I went and saw it with um, Bernadette friend of the podcast and um, Heard of her. she was like I've never she was like I've never seen any of the Mission Impossible films I was like I doubt you would have nah. to get although Six does have elements at the beginning yeah maybe this one expects, more than ever yeah, yeah. it expects you to remember stuff but even though Bernadette had never seen any of the original Mission Possible films. I've seen them all, and I didn't remember what they were talking about. Yeah. They were talking about stuff from the previous film. I was like, you expect me to remember? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what happened in the previous one. But then it gets over pretty quickly, and then it's straight into the film, and... Uh, beautiful beautiful. Uh, that's beautiful man Uh, i don't actually have many action films on this list i saw skyscraper which was just the middle of the road shite you'd expect from it i don't even want to hear about it (laughs) no (laughs) no you can i don't actually have anything else to say it's just a bit oh um
0: oh no would that count as action this is action and thriller oh we could jump onto thriller if you like and then we can always come back to action i have one i dislike but i don't know if it's an action movie go on did you hear about a film called assassination nation I heard of it, but I didn't actually see it. I went to see it because I had time to kill one day. And I wish I'd just killed myself instead. (laughs) (laughs) Better um, investment of your time. So the concept, the premise of the movie is... um, You have a... a Group of teenage girls who live in this town. Not much happens in the town. Uh, Someone, you don't know who, starts leaking the contents of people's phones. So so like the mayor of the town the contents of his phone gets leaked and he has like a bunch of fucking weird shit on his phone like where he's like tied up and he's into some masochistic shit and so people are like oh my god freak whatever and then so then it happens again it happens to a teacher and then it happens to the whole town at once so the whole town has their information leaked so suddenly everybody knows everything about everyone and they all that everyone in the town loses their minds about this because you know it's my privacy um and they think that there's there's a, a a thing comes out. I can't remember how, but that the leak came from the IP address of the main character the 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 main character the girl, and so the whole town basically turns against this group of four girls, and is trying to kill them because they think wow oh, Jesus she leaked there, I hated it I hated I hated it, I've seen I've looked at the re- things online where. It seems like a very marmite film. A lot of people seem to be into it. See the premise, sounds- into the ver- because it's so. It's a very unsubtle yeah. message and a very unsubtle tone. It's the film is actively trying to be as in your face as it possibly can. Okay. So it's it's very overly violent. Because the it's premise very sounds kind sexually.
1: of uh, fun in like a, if, a hyperbole yeah. way. The premise.
0: Uh yeah, it's it's very overly violent. It's very mm-hmm. overly sexual. And I, I, it's. Like I said, it's just, it's it's very, like, it wants to get a reaction out of you. So much that, like, the characters are practically coming out of the screen and shaking you, being like, Is it this far? Aren't you so triggered? Like, the movie literally starts off with, oh, like, like a message that's like, Sorry if we, like, trigger anybody. This is a trigger warning. Because this film contains things like, and then it has, like, lots of flashing words. where so it's like, sex, violence, and uh, male gaze. And, like, all this kind of shit, like, coming off on screen. And I was like, I already hate this. Mm. Because I don't like this unsubtle approach to things. Jesus. And the, the film never lets up from that. Every character in it is painfully annoying. I really hoped that the the, village, the, the town would kill them. And then something <laughs> would kill the town. <laughs> like, um, I Yeah, it's just... It's not my kind of thing. Like, uh, more power to the people who are into it. I like a bit more like a bit more salty with my movies but yeah i it's it's not for me it's one of my one of my least favorite films this year it made me really just not uncomfortable just 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 it, it's just not for me yeah is the best way i could put it that's fair enough but i don't even know if i would class that as an action film but uh well it's action
1: thrillers there. so let's go into the thriller side the uh, surprise hit of this year i think with thrillers is searching
0: yeah, that was good. We accidentally saw that together. Yeah, because <laughs> we ended up because we were two both films we were both year. seeing that movie alone. Yeah, in the middle of the day on like a weekday, like the cool dudes we are, and we both just happen to be at the same screening. I feel like if you go in
1: during the day on a weekday, you just don't expect anyone else to be free, so you uh-huh. don't really invite anyone. Well, yeah,
0: that's it. Because I I finish work kind of mid afternoon, so. A lot of the time, if I just want to catch a movie real quick, like that's the opportune time to do mm. it. But I never invite people to that because I'm like, what's three o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday? Like no one's going to be free. Um, but little did I know that Danny was free. Um, so yeah, we saw it. I, yeah, what a, what a shock that was. Yeah, like the the thing that the thing about that movie that. I, I really liked was well. It feels- can,
1: I, that's, can I quickly do the gimmick just in case you haven't seen Searching? If the gimmick that you wouldn't think would work is it's a found footage film, but it's entirely on a person's laptop. Yeah. So
0: everything Which- that happens in it is through, uh, like internet or computer-based things. So you have like Skype and Instagram and Facebook hmm. and all these kind of things. Um, and that's how the the story is told. the 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 disappearance of this girl is investigated through the trail that she has left online, basically. Yeah. And it's kind of a good film. It's interesting. It goes into, like, the fact that we aren't really private anymore, which I think is is something that Assassination Nation tried to tackle as well. I just didn't... I hated it. <laughs> but uh, whereas I feel like searching, yeah, it's kind of going into that thing of, like, everybody leaves a trail online. Like, it's easy to track people down through the internet now. Um, but what I liked most about it was it felt like it felt like someone had been given like a like an exercise brief like someone had been like okay your task is you have to tell me a story through but through this very specific means hmm. it can only be through the screen of a laptop and someone was like okay like i can i can do that i can find a creative way to tell that story and make the story engaging and interesting um and that was what i kind of really enjoyed about it it was something very different which i think other films like, uh, like horror films have tried that yeah. unfriended, which is garbage. Um, this though is like, it's really good, and it's like a good tight thriller. Hmm. There's like a lot of twists in it that you don't see coming. There's some great twists. They, I liked that the fact to the a point. I liked that they integrated real websites until they suddenly get the the one thing I didn't like was they suddenly get themselves. They write themselves into a bit of a corner where the website that they need to exist doesn't exist so they have to make up a website which is a little bit annoying because every other website in it is real Hmm. and so it felt it felt very genuine Hmm. like to you know to an extent but um yeah I didn't like that I didn't like that in order to get to this bit we're just gonna have to make up a website and it's like well no you had like rules you had established rules which was that these things were on the computer they had to exist Hmm. don't just make yeah, because oh, the first thing I did when we came out of the film was Googled that website to find out if it was a real thing, and it's not. <laughs> no, I can't remember the name of it. But it's a shame that they. It went was like a live so streaming yeah. website. It was like you you stream like a, it was like a diary, a video journal. That must, thing, that must yeah. exist somewhere. I'm sure it does. Just yeah, find a real version of it. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really, really impressive. Some yeah. nice twists. If you haven't seen it, owe it to yourself to see it and. I really wouldn't have thought it been any good just based on the premise, uh the especially the gimmick, but
0: yeah, works really well. Mm. Did you see uh did you see Widows? No, I didn't see Widows didn't actually. See Widows? What are you talking about? No, I didn't. So good. Uh Steve McQueen? Yeah, Steve McQueen. To Slave and Shame and Hunger, very very talented filmmaker. The thing that's I think quite interesting about this one is it's the least Steve McQueen Steve McQueen movie okay it's very it's much more because it's written by Gillian Flynn who wrote Gone Girl the book and so it kind of something that I've always really liked about Steve McQueen is that he is able to convey really important the really important themes of the film through like a single image okay I really like there's a scene in Hunger have you seen Hunger?
1: no I actually haven't seen Hunger there's a
0: scene in Hunger Hunger is about the hunger strike in Ireland in the prison system uh, where a bunch of prisoners went on hunger strike Um, and there's a really good scene in it where all of the prisoners intentionally flood their toilets. So there's a shot where all the toilets, like, overflow and all the water pours out onto onto the hallway. And it's like, that's their protest. And I really like, there's a shot and it lingers for a good two minutes, which is just watching the janitor clean it up in silence. And he just sweeps it away. And it's like that image of, like, they, they they, did what little protest they could with the means they had and it means nothing to the prison system. Like, they don't care. They just sweep it up and go about their day. Um, and I think 12 Years a Slave has it as well. Obviously, 12 Years a Slave, it's more obvious, the themes of that, but um, with the scene where he's hung by his neck mm. and he's just left to kind of dangle and struggle for breath, Widows doesn't really have any of that. Widows is much more a straight kind of th- thriller crime kind of thriller thing going on. Um, But it's got enough, like, there's a lot of politics involved in it, which you get very invested in because all the actors are really interesting. And he does still do really interesting things with the filmmaking. There's a scene where um, Colin Farrell uh, and his secretary leave a speech that they make, get into the car and drive to his home. And... It's all done in one shot. The camera is on the hood of the car and films, but it doesn't film them. It films the, stre- the the streets that they're going by, and you hear them having a conversation. And it's cool because they they he, you know he's talking about how he's trying to stand up for um, this kind of ghetto area that he resides in. You know he he still lives in this area, mm. but he drives through this area and it's very deprived. And slowly as they get closer to his home, you see that while well, he lives in this. Area, he lives in the very, very wealthy part of it, and yeah. so they roll through this area and then get to his house, which is this like gated, huge gated like home with big fences and security guards and things like that. And that's like there's a lot of instances of really interesting like visual storytelling like that. I think he's he's like a really talented filmmaker. I just thought it was interesting. It was like yeah, it was just interesting to see him do something that was a bit more kind of played straight, I guess. Yeah. Even though like Twelve Years a Slave is not. You know, it's like played relatively straight. Um but yeah, it's very good. There's a couple of plot elements in the second half that I'm not I don't I don't love. But for the most part it's like really engaging. There's this kind of bigger political landscape which mirrors the the, the struggle that the four women who are committing this crime are kind of going through. And uh yeah, it's really it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I totally I would actually say it's probably the best thriller of this year. Yeah, hundred percent. Or last year, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> I would say "Widows." Like, if you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll add it to the top of the list. I would check that one
1: out. So, yeah, among thrillers, I have a simple favor. Did you see that one?
0: Yeah, I did. I didn't add that to my list because I didn't think it was worth.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. Weirdly, I don't know. It's. A, it, I feel like it's weirdly worth at least briefly mentioning because it's. I really like the style of it. Mm. But and it, I really liked what it was building up, and then it just has a horrible payoff.
0: Yeah, again, I, I that's another film where I think they struggle to figure out their tone. Yeah, they well, have I these kind of, kind of like
1: the tone to begin with because it's like a comedy, but it's like there's something bizarre happening, and you're always aware that something bizarre happening, but it feels very suburban, it feels like a suburban thriller. And it's not something you think would ever work, but it kind of almost works in this until they try to pay it off, and then yeah. like
0: it. The, the the twist is like really, yeah,
1: really. Is that <laughs> your twist?
0: It's it's a bizarre one. They have a lot of things that are played up as serious, and then you'll have like the neighbor characters who are the silly comic relief who will suddenly pop up out of nowhere and kind of break the tension and, um. But like over like I enjoyed watching it. Mm. I this is another one that I don't feel like I remember enough about it to have like a good conversation. Uh I remember really liking Blake Lively. Mm. Turns out she's great. she's very good in it. Yeah. She's very she's very funny. Um she's the best part. She's the best part. She her performance is brilliant. Yeah. Even things like like Anna Kendrick's character the whole thing where she has like this baking show and then that's where she talks about the Yeah. The like this is this is weird. This is like a bizarre stretch like um yeah, it's like a fun. I I did recommend it to someone. A friend of mine at work was asking for like a good film to see with his girlfriend, and I was like, this this is like a good, entertaining like mm. Saturday night movie. I don't regret seeing it. I just feel like they could have done a better
1: better payoff because it was building up so well. Yeah, I was like, oh I think I, I love this film, and then when the payoff happens, I was like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it.
0: Would um would bad times at the O'Reilly fall it under... under this one? Would you have you put it yeah, under this one? Yeah, i put it
1: under as a thriller, action thriller.
0: Uh, I definitely love this a lot more than you do.
1: Yeah, I do love this. I just, I, I, really, really like a lot of scenes. I think this film is just slightly too bloated and long for its own good. Uh-huh. I think it's like if it was a long, if it was more serious and more grounded, I wouldn't like it as much. But I think it would suit its time more. Mm-hmm. I think this film just, it, it's like it just takes too long to get to places for a film that's like. What's, it's, it's not even. It's not like it's going for a comical tone, but it's kind of like. I don't think it's a comedy. No, I, I'm not saying. That's what I'm saying. It's not going for a comical tone. It's like going for a, a hyperbole tone, like yeah. an exaggerated tone, and for that sort of tone, I don't think it needs this bloated runtime. That sort of take it sometimes killed the pace, which yeah. I felt was a problem, um which stopped me from loving this film. Because if it hadn't, if it just that's what I think. If it just had an edit. Uh, one more edit where they just cut out some of the bloated stuff that's in it. I would love this film. Mm.
0: Mm. I really yeah. liked how they kind of cat So the the, like the film is set at the end of the sixties, start of the seventies. I liked that every character kind of represented an aspect of that in okay. a sense. I liked that you have kind of the J. Edgar Hoover like spy character with John Hamm. You have like the background like ballroom background singer um you've got the like the the old school bank robber and things like that like i i like that everyone you've got like the the cult leader yeah which very the, the hippie cult leader who very much feels of that time i liked that everyone incorporate encapsulated like an element of that time period hmm. and kind of mush them all together into this one location to have them all interact off off each other um I, I, I like didn't find it bloated. I thought it whipped along quite nicely. It rem- it kind of, you, you know, it reminded me of the kind of newer Tarantino movies, like Hateful Eight. Hmm. And, um That kind of thing, like I said, of taking a lot of different personalities and then pushing them into a confined space. Um, yeah, I just found it like a really fun, like engaging kind of mystery with a lot of... I'm struggling to like struggling to remember things about it even as much as so I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of kind of intrigue in it and stuff, and I liked working out why everybody was there mm. and learning things about them, and yeah, I just found it like a really engaging. Um, I thought the
1: things that were good were really, really, really good, and I really like Chris Hemsworth as the uh, yeah. cult leader. I think he's such a good choice because if Chris Hemsworth had a cult, I think I'd join it. Because he's such a charismatic guy. Yeah. And I like that that's how they play it. And even though he's a, he's a creepy, terrible person, but he's still Chris Hemsworth. And he's, like, not quite wearing a shirt. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like, okay, cool. Hi, Chris Hemsworth. How are you doing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. Um, yeah, I would strongly really recommend that one. Is um, that us for thriller? I
1: think another one that I want to mention, just in the same sort of vein where I was... Uh, I think I'd overhyped the tri- trailer a little bit more was Hotel Artemis. Did you end up seeing that? No, them? I never
0: watched it. Hotel
1: Artemis, I just thought was like, I just, you saw the trailer and it's such an intrigue and it's like about a mafia hospital that um called uh, the Hotel Artemis uh, that gets invaded one day. And like, the characters are really good in it, but the action That sounds sequence, like something
0: that would be in the uh, John Wick universe.
1: Yes, it does actually. Um, It kind of is. It's kind of almost based on John Wick. It's that the idea. It's like a, a common ground for um, Matthew I I wouldn't be surprised if the people who wrote this watch John Wick and thought it's oh, yeah. a good idea um, but it just didn't deliver on action sequences it didn't deliver has all this build up about these people trying to inv- invade the hotel and then nothing really happens I just feel it was a bit disappointing for what mm-hmm. looked like it was going to be really promising
0: yeah, but I think that's my action and thrillers I might watch it because of John uh, sorry Jeff Goldblum he's not in it that much uh, but that's my only thing. He he acknowledged. I mean, my, he's in he it. He acknowledged than, my existence.
1: That's all the support. <laughs> he's in it more than he's in Jurassic World Two. I'll give you that. Uh, next uh, category is horror. Fuck yeah! Let's rattle through this. It's my jam. Horror uh, horror's not as my my biggest category. I I even put horror films on my list that I haven't seen because I haven't seen a lot of them. Okay,
0: we can rattle through a few. Uh, a Quiet Place. I love A Quiet Place. That's, Great. One of the few horrors to us. Uh, so I'm going to actually talk about two movies at the same time. Uh, let's talk about Quiet Place and let's talk about Bird Box. Have you seen? Have you watched? Bird I've not Box seen yet? Bird Box, but it the hasn't film everybody's me. watching, Danny. They're all loving it. 45 million people watched it. Are you going to be left out, Danny? <laughs> I do
1: feel left out right now.
0: Um, I watched it with a blindfold. I'm one of the original. Friends. It's not very good. No. <laughs> That's the thing, though. No. Um. So, reasons why. Um. A Quiet Place brilliant I thought like, yeah I thought it worked really well at amping up uh, the tension and I think a good way that they did that was you had a very clear understanding of how the monsters work they hear sound they go to the sound they kill the thing that is making the sound hmm. so you have to not make sound <laughs> um very simple ah. right and turns out a lot of things you do in life make noise yeah so there you go tension. Amped up immediately. Granted, they write them into some ridiculous situations. What is she doing, having a baby? Yeah, in that movie because she clearly is having that baby long after the fucking shit's kicked off. Like they're way too yeah. settled in for that to have kicked off within the last few months. Um, but thought it worked really well. Tense, great. I haven't seen it since February. It's hard for me to talk about, but in comparison to Bird Box, Bird Box not a good film. Um, because something that they so the whole thing with Bird Box and the reason it's similar to Quiet Place. Is in a bird in Bird Box they can't see. If they look at the monster, then they kill themselves. I think. <laughs> so here's that. This is the big issue with Bird Box <clears throat> is that they don't properly establish the rules of the monster. Hmm. Quiet Place. The first thing it does in that opening sequence. Granted, it's a little bit silly. Why is that kid who clearly knows he's not supposed to make noise just whipping out a rocket ship and making it set off? But that sequence establishes exactly how the monsters work. Bird Box never does that. So the thing with Bird Box is apparently when you look at this monster which you... Do you mind if I spoil a little bit of Bird Box? No, go for it. You never see the monster. Okay. You you as the audience never see it. Apparently when you look at this monster, either you see something so horrific that it makes you want to kill yourself Okay. or or it's like you relive your worst memory which also makes you kill yourself but then i also think that this thing can kill you but then also if you're if you're a crazy person and i'm quotation marking there for the for the listeners <laughs> if you're a crazy person quotation and marks. they don't ever define what a crazy person is you and you see it it doesn't affect you and but it, but then you want to make the other people see the monster, mm, and wow. the but the monster can't come inside. What? Which doesn't make a lot of sense because you never see it. It doesn't seem to be a physical thing. Like the only times you get a hint of it is they'll be like wind will kick up, and I'm like, so is it is it is it wind? <laughs> like I don't understand. Oh, it sounds far too <clears throat> complicated. It's very complicated. And then the another thing that the movie gets. Painfully fucking wrong is structural. Structurally, that's okay. a hard word to say. Structurally, they so they they have two two different timelines going on at once. They have the initial breakout of what happens, and then they have about five years later, where Sandra Bullock is just is escorting two children, who she's called a boy and a girl, uh, <laughs> down a river to supposedly some kind of sanctuary that exists out there so here's the thing you because of that second plot line that's happening so you keep jumping back and forth between Mm. start and then five years now because you keep jumping to that five years from now thing you know that sandra bullock lives that the baby she's pregnant with is born that her friend in the other in the the past who also coincidentally is pregnant at the same time is clearly going to have that baby and then die and then this is the baby she's looking after all tension from that first from that like yeah. p- is lost because you know everything that's going to happen I don't know who the fuck thought it was a good idea to put it to structure it that way why you didn't just structure it in chronological order blows my mind I, yeah I have no idea and then the way things kick off is like so ridiculously quickly so the main character uh, she's she's an artist she's painting uh, her sister comes round to visit her because she's go. They're going for an ultra scan because Sandra Bullock is pregnant. So she's like, "Oh, have you heard the? Have you seen the news? Have you seen the news? What's happening on the news? Like, what's happening on the news?" So they turn on the news, and in Russia and Europe, uh, this crazy thing is happening where people are just killing themselves. And Sandra Bullock's like, "Oh, well, it's only happening in Europe and Russia, so it doesn't affect us." And she turns the TV off. But you have to sit through like a two-minute news report of what's going on. Like, the film can't find a creative way to explain it to you because I don't think the film understands itself what's going on, which was what I was saying. (laughs) So, I like how, because I watched this one like a few days ago, I have a lot to say (laughs) (laughs) because I remember it. Um, So, then they go to the hospital. Mm. They get an ultrasound. And then Sandra Bullock... uh, So, Sandra Bullock's sister leaves the hospital. She goes to the car. uh, And Sandra Bullock is walking out of the hospital. And then this woman starts slamming her head off of a window to, like, kill herself. And Sandra Bullock runs out to her sister, and her sister's like, what wrong? And she's like, it started. Like, whatever it was on the TV, it started. And suddenly the world is on fire. <laughs> like, literally, in the the ten minutes they've been in the hospital, fucking society has crumbled. And it's just gone insane. It's like... It's nonsense. It it just... it And it doesn't seem to have a real point sandra bullock's character her whole arc is that she has a hard time connecting with other people which is why she calls the boy and girl boy and girl yeah because she she can't get too close to people how much more fucking on the nose can you get like and then they don't even really pay that off with anything like it's not a good movie at all but i have to admit when I was watching it, I was like, I was entertained. Yeah. Like I, I so I turned it on, I put it on at about midnight, one night. And I was like, I'm definitely going to fall asleep during this, but like, I'll just, I'll put it on and I'll just pick up where I leave off like tomorrow morning. And I ended up sitting up until like a little bit past two o'clock in the morning because I was just like watching it. I was just like, because eh. it is entertaining, but it's entertaining because it borrows from movies that are much better from it. The yeah. Mist in particular. Okay. It really like, really borrows heavily from The Mist. Um... But yeah, there's not a whole lot to like about it. I do think that, and the second you start to kind of think about it a little bit, it all falls apart. Like, I yeah, I think maybe there's a little bit of marketing go. I think the reason it's been so popular is because people are are ho- home for Christmas. So, yeah. Um. I think a quiet place. has certain things that do fall apart when you think about it too much. But yeah, but I think it so- always
1: it, that for quiet place, it happens after you're out the cinema. Mm. You're at home. You're having a cup of
0: tea. You're watching something on the TV and you're like, "Wait a minute, yeah, that was weird." But I saw, so, I think Quiet Place like is a lot. It's 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 a lot better in kind of delivering hmm. its its message than Bird Box is. I love a Quiet Place. Um, i really also the reason it. it's called Bird Box is because birds freak the fuck out when whatever the monster is is nearby. Oh, okay, so they keep a little box of birds. So if the birds start losing their shit, you know that the monster's nearby. That's why it's called Bird Box. In case you're okay. wondering. <sighs> Next movie. So, like uh, so those are yeah, quite a place of good. Uh, horror 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 horror. Hereditary. I didn't see Hereditary. I've heard so much about it. Mm. Um, it that movie will it makes it made me feel very like, ugh, like I felt like I needed a wash when it was done. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, I again. I think it was March, maybe April. Yeah. It's been a while. Uh I know I love it. Can't 100% remember exactly why. Um but it's very it's got that similar kind of thing with The Witch. It's got those similar kind of things where it's been billed as the the scariest horror movie you'll ever see, but it's not full of jump scares. So like general audiences just laugh the whole time the movie's on. Okay. Uh but it is like it's a very disturbing film. Um and it's it's it, like I said, it has same kind of themes as The Mist where it's kind of about this family breaking down because there's this supernatural element that's influencing them. Uh, there's there's a lot of really creepy stuff in it and I liked it a whole lot. There's an interesting thing where the, the main character is, a, she makes dollhouses. Yeah. So the cinematography, the way that they frame a lot of shots is they will have the camera like right at the back of the room so, you see, like, the whole shape of the room, and the characters will be like small parts of that room. And it looks like you were looking directly into a dollhouse. Okay. Which I think is really, really cool. Okay. So, yeah, I would say a red Terry. Like I said, I'm struggling to remember a lot about it, but that will fucking, that noise will haunt your goddamn rooms <laughs> for um, Another one you've seen that I haven't is Sysferia. Yes, which we've done an episode on the original. Yeah, I uh, mean, I
1: actually one hundred percent meant to go see that in the cinema, even though I'm not the biggest horror fan, uh, just because we've done the original and uh, on this very podcast. But it, it like even though it was advertised everywhere, all over Glasgow,
0: it on the came about, yeah, yeah. It, like came and gone so which is quickly. So typical, but um, it's really good. I like it more than the original, and I like the original a lot. Yeah. Um, it uh, it builds on the lore. Which is kind of what we talked about. Hmm. Like, we said well, it looked see, like I, that. See, I rem- if you remember, I, like, I really liked it stylistically,
1: but subst- substance I was really, yeah. like, thought it was lacking. Do you think I would like the remake? I
0: think you would. Yeah. I would okay. hope you would. <laughs> it, so, yeah, it builds a lot on the lore. It explores a lot of things that the original movie didn't. So you get a lot more about, like, the witches and things like that. Mm. You kind of learn more about what their whole deal is. Um the the horror sequences are also a lot more intense. Okay. So there's a scene in it which I think might be maybe my favorite scene from a movie this whole year. Um wow, big claim. Which I don't want to spoil too much, but basically there's a there's a room, a ballet room hmm. that this girl kind of gets sent to. And then up so up the stairs the main character is doing this crazy ballet where she's like really like contorting her body and stuff like that. The moves that she's doing are happening to the girl who gets locked in this room. But, like, her limbs are breaking. And, like, oh, it is it is a violent scene. Jesus Christ. But at the same time, it's, like, amazing to watch. Like, so incredible to watch it play out. Um, He does a good job of, like, he uses a lot of those kind of, like, old school, like, Things that you see in like old school horror movies, like Hmm. like the crazy crash zooms and things like that, like he utilises a lot of that, and he makes it feel like an older movie, even though he it's also really like contemporary in the way it looks. Um, but the other thing that's really interesting about it is it veers off in its own direction completely. Okay, it is not a straightforward remake of Suspiria. It goes. You get to a certain point. And then the film just goes off in its own direction. The endings, the endings are completely different, and the ending of the remake is the and I shit you not, the most heavy metal fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. It is insane. (laughs) Like I'm talking, like heads exploding. Slayer might as well have been playing in the background. Like it's crazy. (laughs) Um, That's really cool. As I say, I was totally up to seeing it, but like it just came and gone so quickly. And Tilda Swinton is a gift she is a bloody (laughs) gift to this world uh halloween Halloween is did you see it no i didn't it's it's fun like it's uh i wouldn't so much call it a i wouldn't even call it a horror i would call it a horror i guess it's a slasher film it's not it's not scary it's like a fun watch it's goofy as fucking hell they really kind of have embraced like the comedy of it Hmm. i think not to the point where it's, like, laugh out loud hilarious. But, like, to the point where it's kind of like, ah, this is... I saw it with two of my friends and neither of them liked it. I was the only person who enjoyed it. Uh, so take from that what you will. Cool. Um, but I think it's a... Yeah, like, I think it's... It's, it's like, it's fun. It's... Yeah. I don't feel like I have much more to say about it other than that. Fair enough. Um, I liked the... I liked that they kind of play with the whole thing of... The fact that 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 incident, the incident of the first movie, has really affected that character's life, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I should expect. And it would. she's kind of spent her whole life like preparing for this next meeting, which is kind of cool. But there's a lot of like coincidental things that happen. It's that kind of plot okay. where you're like, if that hadn't happened, then this character, like, how did they, how did he know he was going to be here to meet these people and all these kind of things? Yeah, but it's good fun. Uh, yeah, cool. I'd recommend it. Uh, the just I'll rattle through a couple more real quick uh, The Little Stranger not seen it I know of it but I've not seen it directed by I'm blanking on his name but the same director who did Frank which is one of my favourite movies of all time uh, oh really yeah He's a, he did Room as well didn't he he certainly did yeah he's a good director uh, this is a really interesting film in that it is a drama first and a horror movie second okay that sounds uh, up my street it's like a haunted house movie but the haunted house element comes in I'd say about an hour and 15 minutes into it. But it is like a pivotal part of the film. Um, it just means that you really learn a lot about this character and the ghosts, like that, the haunting element of it reflects what's going on in the film. The ending is a little bit vague, but it is kind of a thing of the film gives you enough information about the characters that you can kind of piece together. Like you can work out what the, kind of, the, the, the meaning is. Mm. Which is really good. It's it's a really interesting like period film, and I liked it a lot. Uh, Apostle, which is a Netflix movie, which I guess we have Netflix category to talk about. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, we did briefly mention this. I think Apostle we... is the Gareth Edwards or of Evans? Godzilla theme. No, the raid.
1: Oh, the raid guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, so
0: very Wicker esque. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We cult... have talked about this. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, basic premise is like a cult has kidnapped this this woman. It's the drill, isn't it? Yeah. That's uh, the one yes, I, that's the, the image the I'm yes. familiar with. Uh, a cult has kidnapped this woman and they've sent a note to the father being like, you need to come with a ransom or we'll kill her. Uh, he in place sends his son, played by Dan Stevens, who goes and tries to, what like, go undercover in this cult and try and figure out where the, the girl is. And through doing that, finds a lot of very bizarre uh, horror <laughs> things that are going on. Uh, it's, pretty good i liked it a lot it's very reminiscent of the wicker man like like borderline rip at times um but it um it does a good job of like you kind of get to a point where you either go along with the weirdness or you don't i think if you're willing to go along with it it's good it's a good time it's very violent (laughs) um and he does a cool thing Gareth Edwards, I'm pretty sure it's Gareth Edwards or Evans. It's one of them. Gareth Ed- Evans, maybe? I think Edwards is Godzilla. Yeah, guy. so I'll say Evans. Um he you could it's cool because there's a couple of like hints of action moments in it, and you can really see like his the way he filmed the raid. Like you can see that come across, the way the camera like moves with motions and things like that. Okay. Which is pretty cool, I thought. Uh Mandy was also this year. I've not seen Mandy but I am wanting to see it. Which I'll go ahead and call that a horror film. Like it's a uh, it's one of my favourites this year. Uh, the movie is effectively Nicolas Cage journeying into the gates of hell. It's crazy. Aboard. It's one of the most visually like visually like just just it, it looks like someone took a fucking acid trip and just found a way to film that. Like someone on LSD and they just figured out how to film what that person saw. Um it really is it's it's pretty bonkers. Uh Nicholas Cage is just it just gets to be full on Nicholas Cage. There's a scene where he's in a bathroom and he's just losing his mind and he's like tanning a bottle of vodka while he's just screaming intermittently between like chugging this this vodka down. Um there's a scene where Nicholas Cage armed with a chainsaw fights a sort of demon monster who's armed with an even bigger chainsaw. <laughs> it's crazy. Like if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into that kind of just like madness type movie, I think people will love it. If not, maybe not so much. And uh, the last one I want to talk about was uh, a film called Possum, cool, which may very well be the smallest movie on that we've talked about so far. So Possum is like a really small British film with Sean Harris from Mission Impossible, the villain from the new Mission Impossible movie. Uh, Possum is about a puppeteer. Who returns to his childhood home to like to confront his demons, effectively, is kind of the best way to put it. Okay. He is basically haunted by this puppet that he has, which is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. It is like a spider with the head of a child and like this weird skeletal body. I can't even describe it, it's a nightmare to look at basically a lot of the film is him trying to get rid of this puppet but the puppet just keeps finding its way back to him and it, it it is freaky it's a really kind of disturbing movie it kind of goes it's it's a little slow to a detriment there's a lot of times where you are just watching him stand around trying to kind of get rid of this puppet and it goes on for a little bit long and you you, you are watching him for a good 40 minutes of the movie, it's just that. It's him in various ways trying to get rid of this puppet and it gets a bit kind of... Mm. And I think the ending, the kind of... The, the end is a little bit too... I feel like a lot of British horror movies have a, a, tropes yeah. that they lean into a lot. I don't want to say what, what they are because I don't want to spoil the movie, but I feel like this one really kind of leans into one of those tropes. It's like the typical dark British sensibilities i think of like this is the worst outcome um but i would like recommend it okay just for like the sheer weird grittiness of it i went to see it in the gft on like a sunday morning and boy did it set me up for a weird (laughs) day for the rest of that day um but yeah possum cool uh my the only i feel like
1: horror is the best way to put it the other only other film i want to talk about in horror category has more horror tropes is uncured um, it's like it's it's basically set after a, um, a zombie apocalypse um, in which the they found a cure for the zombies they started to cure it and it's worked on 75% of people um, who were infected by zombies and now it, the film takes place when they're trying to reintegrate these people into society and Ellen Page is in it and she plays um, someone who uh, with a kid who never heard of this no, it's um, it wasn't too big. Um, but it was like her brother-in-law was a zombie, and she's trying to integrate him back into her family. Uh, I really liked it. I feel like the only thing I would say about it is that like, it's it's set in Ireland, um, and it's got this sort of British social realism that means that you kind of it most of what happens you would expect, or not like necessarily what happens, but the tone you expect because uh-huh. it's like kind of got this it's a horror tropes using it but using social like realistic sort of tropes as well you realize quite early on that the zombies are going to have pdm post-traumatic stress disorder there's going to be elements of like drug addiction in there um so tonally it kind of has things you'd expect but the plot was really really cool and i really really enjoyed it that's cool and it's obviously the things I've you'd never heard of society it, so. is like oh uh, these zombies we don't want them because we're not sure if they're cured and what? they also killed people and stuff and there there's it's, it, it was a, it was an interesting film. I liked it. Okay, I'll add it to the list. Cool. Next, I've got comedy. Um, Let's rattle through comedy. The one film, I don't even know if I would call it a comedy. but I struggled to put it into a category, so I've put it in this one. Maybe controversially. I think
0: I know what you're gonna say.
1: Sorry to bother you. Okay,
0: no, I thought were you were. You, say. were you I gonna, thought you were gonna say of Buster Shrugs*.
1: Oh, I see. I put that in Netflix.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, Netflix, Sorry right. to
1: bother you. I wasn't. Don't know what category to put it in. So I put it I'd in comedy because it's quite funny. Yeah. And it's definitely the most interesting film I think that came
0: out this year. It's. I think that film's great because it. it I. We were talking at the start of this about how the world has gotten a bit bonkers, hmm. and I think you need a film as bonkers as Sorry to Bother <laughs> You to really encapsulate the way the world is right now. Yeah. The the kind of really the fun ways that they tackle things like race and social class social class like kind of the the political uh landscape not political landscape i was going to say like the political kind of leverage that like big business has yeah, now and things okay. like that and even things like memes like this film really like this film shows how people turn like an incident into a meme that then becomes like a statement of their movement and it happens a lot now Hmm. and like i yeah i i feel like it's it's very much the get out of this year but in like a way more bonkers way oh you like that's the word to describe it it's bonkers ah, you don't it's you no one could ever expect where this film goes yeah because if even the trailer the trailer sells it as one film and to for the most part it is that film
1: the, the the premise the trailer v is selling, in case you haven't uh, aren't aware, is that it's this black guy who goes to a um, uh, call center to for sales, and he is given the advice by Danny Glover to use his white voice to uh, sell, sell. Which is literally
0: the voice of another person. Yeah, like, David, Cross David Cross, Cross to is be specific. Doing the voiceover, yeah.
1: uh, and it's that that's the premise you went in with, and that's the film I went in um, expecting mm-hmm. to see. It goes, it doesn't go in a different direction. It takes that to a weird place. Yeah.
0: Uh, I I saw this film with Katie and we came out of it and I turned to her and I was like I swear I saw the same trailer you did like (laughs) I had no idea that was going to turn into what it did. I
1: I don't want to spoil it here because if you haven't seen it you just owe it to yourself to see it. Uh, There was a person at work who uh, they were not they were like "Uh," he was um, going through Chris, you're familiar with Chris shout out to Chris. Uh, He was like I'm not sure if I want to see it so I, I hadn't bothered and I was like no Go see it. Yeah. Next weekend he came in. I saw it, Danny. Thank God you asked me to. To you told me to go see it because he was like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, so I think it is. If if you're curious, I want to watch it with someone just so I can see their reaction. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I sorry to bother yeah, you. That was how I felt. Strain, I, the, I would have liked to have watched me reacting. Too <laughs> sorry to bother you. <laughs> um. In terms of other comedies, i haven't, there's very generic comedies that came mm. out. Comedies
1: are fairly generic. I wanted to just happy time murders so i just wanted to say for the muppet adult one i'm so disappointed in it i thought it'd be so much better and i'm um, i also think that the brian henson the director jim henson's son i just want to say i'm sorry man i'm sorry that the, sh- the system failed you <laughs> and that you didn't get to make the film you clearly wanted to make yeah um he very much was on board and was like yeah we had to get screen testing to make sure there was a joke in every scene and it was very much a statement of I had to get this film ruined in order to make it commercially successful. And I just—it feels disappointing when I could imagine like adult detective noir Muppet film could have been amazing. It's yeah. just a when it didn't happen.
0: I had no interest. I thought the trailer looked terrible. Everyone said it was terrible, so I didn't bother.
1: Um, Oscar films. What, one did, of your well, films well, of the well, year. Well, one more. Oh, quick. sorry. Did Comedy. you? Sorry.
0: Uh, I was just going to quickly mention Game Night.
1: Yes, Game Night it's came really, out this year. It's,
0: it's it's weird. It's like it's like a it's like a straightforward comedy. Which yeah, like It's weird yeah, to come across now. Uh, it's funny, twists genuinely kept me guessing. Uh, there's some really hilarious sequences in it. I forgot that came out this year. That's really good. There's Game really Night's good, really good. Uh, I really like the scene transitions in it, where they make it look like a monopoly board. Yeah, they make it look like yeah. a board. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I had to say. I just wanted to touch on it because Game Night's really good. Game I Night didn't, worth I didn't a want mention. us to move on
1: without mentioning it. I absolutely. I feel you, bro. I feel you. Uh, Oscar films. Uh, one of my favorite films this year was in the Oscar film category. Free billboards.
0: Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was close to being my favorite movie of this year until at the very last minute, a few kind of knocked out of the park. Uh, yeah, three billboards is. Um... Did you did you see the backlash it got? Yeah, I think we we might have even talked about it on this podcast. The kind of thing of I think people seem to think that characters who shouldn't be redeemed were redeemed, hmm. but I don't think they are. Like I don't, I don't think, Specific. I don't, I don't think Sam Rockwell's character becomes a hmm. good character
1: because it's it's not it's not specifically said, but it's hinted in this film that he killed a black person or well, he, he tortures tortured, them. Yeah. sorry,
0: tortured. Um, it yeah. It, I th- I don't think he is redeemed at all. I think I think the what that film is really about is about very angry people who are trying to find something to target their anger at that makes sense. Hmm. And I think at the end of the film when they they discover that there's this there's this potential murderer out there like it suddenly makes sense to them they're like yeah if we go after this guy that's a good thing that we're doing and suddenly it like it makes sense they're 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 angry they are angry at him hmm. like they have a thing to be angry at now like a physical thing that they can understand and so i think when people said he was redeemed like i don't think that is the case i think yeah. people i think those people who think that missed the point of the movie in my opinion um i also think something because we'll we'll get we'll get we'll get deep danny i think that like because the world is becoming a lot more black and white in terms of what people think is right and what people think is wrong and there's very little room for the gray area anymore or people who live in the gray who might have who might be good people with some you know potentially controversial opinions a lot of people don't leave room for that anymore hmm. you aren't allowed to be like that now you have to align with all good or all bad there's only good and evil now you know you see it with all this, you know james gunn and people like that people who are clearly good who are crucified for some dodgy things they've said once there's no room for that anymore and so i think it's really interesting now more than ever to see a film about people who kind of reside in that gray area yeah of people who are good people or bad people who have good in them or have bad in them like because none of us are no one is fucking perfect as much as the fucking SJWs on Twitter think they are no one is perfect no one is 100% golden everybody has like dark secrets or dark thoughts or something like that and I think Three Billboards captures that yeah because everybody in it is a bit of a scumbag yeah but there's also good intentions to them like Woody, Woody Harrelson's character starts off as kind of a dick but like he believes in what the main characters doing like he gets it yeah and i think there's a lot of that and i think it, i think it i think it kind of does it really perfectly um and yeah I, I i think the backlash it got is an is an example of what i'm talking about where there there isn't a lot of people don't want to leave room for that anymore they don't want to leave room for the gray area they only want there's the good and there's the bad there's like the way that i think you should be and then there's everything else hmm. and there's no room for anything else yeah and i i just think uh, yeah i think because of that brilliant movie no
1: i definitely like the nuances of like being sort of um just a human being of any sort of anger any i, I fucking love i love mark and madonna i love free billboards
0: mm.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, the one winner of the Oscars this year, Shape of Water. Uh,
0: yeah. I like I yeah, I like yeah. a lovely I l- stylist. I like the aesthetic of it. I didn't you know, I liked uh the kind of Bioshock Meats Black Lagoon. Sure. Hellboy? <laughs> Another girl. Does feel like Hellboy well then Hellboy's Del Toro, so yeah. Um yeah I like I don't feel like I remember much about it to be honest no. which sucks cuz I get, it was the best picture winner and I like Guillermo del Toro I just don't think it connected me with me all that it much. wasn't
1: yeah I didn't I didn't get on the bandwagon as much as other people did mm. um but it was it was cool it was interesting it was something really different in fact it was like a love story between a fishman and a woman and like and it was just like that that's that won the oscar You're like was so bizarre and but yeah, yeah that was great
0: I did really cool. like that though
1: um, one of my favorite films that were around Oscar buzz was Phantom Fred. I fucking love Paul Thomas
0: Anderson's Phantom Fred. I love his portrayal of Sheldon Cooper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is that that's uh, Daniel Day Lewis? Yeah. He was really method acting Sheldon Cooper. Yeah.
0: Um, I really need to see this movie again. I saw it. At a, I saw it after quite a few beers <laughs> on a Saturday night with friend of the podcast Michael Kelly. How I don't God. know what we were thinking. Following up <laughs> the trail of beers while watching Nirvana, the band, the show with let's go see Phantom Thread right now when we're both a bit buzzed because <laughs> I I kind of no. yeah I drifted in and out and I need to go see it again so I I, I you know what I'm gonna just say I haven't seen it.
1: Fair enough. But... It's um, a, um I just found it was like a weird twisted fairy tale. And the relationship between Daniel Day-Lewis and the... Um, oh, I can't even remember who played her now. But the the woman that's like... It's so interesting. I was so interested. And by the end of it, I was like, what is happening here? This mm. is... I,
0: I loved it. I love Phantom Fred. Uh, Darkest lady. Hour fucking sucked. I don't care what anyone says. That's all I have to say. No, I don't have much to say <laughs> about Darkest
1: Hour. I actually am a fan of The Post, which I know you didn't like as much. We talked I, about that a lot on this I know, so. but I, I just wanted to say I love The Post. I know it was rushed. I know there are certain things. but she loved it? I don't know why. I feel like when I watched The Post, I realized I was a sucker for journalism films.
0: Ugh. I was like, oh my god, I really Watch like... Watch a better journalism well, film. Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. You liked it. That's cool. I liked it, but uh, I, I, I enjoyed it.
1: Um, I idiot. Ones. What an
0: idiot. Oh, no, he's listening.
1: <laughs> what? Uh, cool. Ratt- r- go ahead. Uh, I, Tonya. Margot Robbie's really good in there. Yeah, sure. Ladybird. I didn't connect to Ladybird as much as most people did. I feel a bit I left did. out.
0: I, I liked I liked the, the there was a lot conveyed between the mother and daughter relationship that didn't necessarily have to be said through words. Okay. I like uh, things like I like the when she rushes back to the airport because she leaves without saying goodbye she lets her go without saying goodbye and then realises her mistake and rushes back to the airport but she's already gone you don't mm. get that like that satisfaction yeah. of the the big reunion because that's not how life works a lot of the time you kind of have to live with those decisions Um, I again saw it in January don't remember much about yeah, it yeah me too <laughs> I remember
1: it just didn't like I, I watched it and it didn't connect with me as much as I wanted it or, like as much as everyone it did everyone else mm. but I did enjoy it that's the Oscar films.
0: Now we go on to
1: Netflix. Netflix. Let's
0: just talk about... Let's spend the whole Netflix category talking about the best movie of this year. Roma. Roma. Yeah. <laughs> Roma's lovely. I Roma. Just, lovely?
1: Oh, it's just... Lovely? Are you fucking insane? You no, know I mean, t- in terms of beauty. Like, I just thought it was a beautiful film. I thought lovely you like, a it was lovely world. to watch. I yeah, like, Lovely <laughs> Lovely's a strange film for, that like, the film, story. But, like, it's just, like... Black and white, like it just but
0: like oh, it just looks so fucking beautiful. Yeah, he so that every shot, the best thing about his cinematography is the, the like something that so let me let me let me let me gush because <laughs> I love this movie, it's my favorite movie of the year. I, I think it's perfect. Um, The thing that I the thing that is very apparent is that Alphonse Coron has clearly learned a lot from. Doing his big budget stuff, he's clearly learned a lot from *Children of Men*, where he had like huge action sequences with hundreds of people on screen at one time, all done in one take. He learned a lot from that. He's clearly learned a lot from like *Harry Potter*, and like he's also like what? Okay, so let's say let's say take *Children of Men* and uh, I can't remember how to pronounce it. *Y Two Yama*, I think, which is the film he made. It's the other foreign language film I made. Um, which is a very small scale. It's three characters, and then you compare that to *Children of Men*, which is like a huge scale sci-fi movie. I feel like he has taken the things he has learned from those two movies and mushed them together to make the biggest, most extravagant small-scale movie I've ever seen. Joe, you know I, I it's weirdly when I watched
1: it, the the term that came to my mind was that I was overwhelmingly underwhelmed in a really good way it was so a strange experience because it is it feels like a small story Mm. but at the same time it's on an it feels like on a big scale Mm.
0: it's he uses the bigger scale element of the got the kind of civil war that's going on in the country at that time to reflect this the struggle that this family's going through Roma, for real quick, for those of you who don't know, Roma is about a maid who is helping to raise the children of a family where the father has recently walked out on them. Mm. So it's her and the mum, and they're trying to raise. It's this 1970s. Kind of, so, yes, and it's Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. He he kind of uses that to reflect back on the family struggles, which I think is really interesting. But just the way that he conveys like there's never like we were talking about bird box where i was saying that the way they convey to you what is going on is they have you watch a news story for 2 minutes right the way roma can like sh- just through the imagery shows you what is happening in the country like you have that sequence where they they go out shopping and that sequence opens with the camera panning along the street with them and you see military men in vans and things like that clearly getting ready for something mm. Like, they convey to you what's happening just through the things you can see in the shot. They don't need to have people be like, "Oh man, I, I think there's about to be a battle here in a minute." You know what I mean? Um, and the way he just like, like I said, for a film that is so such a personal story about like this one very specific character, the he has seen sequences that have like literally like hundreds of people on screen at one time. That's crazy. Like and, and it's all real people. Like they're all really there. There's like a thousand extras on screen in the, in some of these shots. The choreography that must have had to go into all that is incredible. This is what I'm talking about. This huge scale filmmaking to tell this tiny 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 like story. This kind of zoomed in on one house in one country in the world like to just tell this tiny story. Um I thought some of the, the one of the themes that really like I thought hit hard was I feel like he really tries to he really tries to convey how a a huge moment will happen in your life and to someone around you who has nothing to do with you that's just another day to them and he does it a couple of times and sometimes it's it's way more dramatic than ours there's one there's a moment the moment where the mother tells the her children that the father is not coming back that he has walked out on them They're in a cafe or they're in a restaurant. Mm. And as she's telling them this, this thing that is going to change their lives from here on is undercut by the waitress just walking over and casually telling them the specials while they are having like a life altering moment. Like they're going to remember this moment for the rest of their life. And the other one, which is way more dramatic, is the scene when she's in hospital uh, and she gives birth to a stillborn child. And like she is lying there. Just having to watch as these two doctors just treat, trying to bring this child back to life, like a routine job. Mm. Like they're just like, try again, and it's like, it's like, I'm ready, and one, two, three, breathe. It's like no response. Okay, one more time, and one. There's no like urgency to it. It's just, and then it, it doesn't work, and they just kind of are very like, okay, like a uh, time of death. Mm. This time, like shit, like that is is so fucking heavy, and again, it's all done through just this one person this one glimpse into this one life it's a beautiful movie and even things like the, the you know the theme the things that come back like the the opening shot of the the water getting brushed into the drain like reflects the end when these huge waves are crashing against her and she has this kind of emotional breakthrough at the end of the film like the way that he brings everything back, the way he, like, visually tells that entire story is insane. I genuinely think Alfonso Corona is, like, potentially the best filmmaker working right now. Wow. Like, 100%. And Roma is, like, it really fucking bums me out. I was at work, and I was telling people about it. Because I saw it with a friend of mine who I work with. And we were trying to tell people I worked with about it and one of them just responded with uh ah, sounds like i have to pay attention a lot i don't think i'm going to watch it and i'm like oh, like you're <laughs> you're passing up on like such a beautiful experience and i know there's a lot of people who are going to hear the oscar buzz they're going to hear the buzz about it i'm like oh well watch this they'll get 10 minutes into it and they'll be like i don't get it this is boring and black and white and she's just doing washing like i don't get it yeah and i'm like if you just stick with it you'll have like you have the potential to have like like such a beautiful experience like this is the thing i was talking about with things like ready player one where like it, sh- it shouldn't just like it shouldn't just be passive like watching a film shouldn't just be a passive experience like you you should dig into it and get something from it and i think like th- in terms of this year there's no better film to do that with than roma i think i think you will learn things about you and your emotional state <laughs> by watching roma i genuinely believe that i think it's like it's an incredible film so yeah there's there's my 10 out of 10 fucking film of the year oh 100 yeah like there's no question like nothing and i i was lucky enough to get to see it in the cinema which was very good hmm. i imagine it's uh, a lot like especially because like that sort of scale it like <coughs> lends yeah. itself a lot to the cinema definitely what the fuck else came out of netflix who cares I know. <laughs> annihilation <laughs> i enjoyed cargo Yeah, Cory's fine. Uh, Ballad
1: of Buster Subscribes, which we have talked about on this podcast before. Yes, we have. uh, Yeah. I don't know of many other Netflix things.
0: Yeah. But we've kind of. Outlocking, which we won't talk about because we won't do an episode on it. Um yeah i think that might be the netflix movies cool just just, just roma the last we'll category. call that the roma section yeah, the Roma section <laughs> what's the last category dramas so okay cool i have a lot i feel like there's a lot of these but i'm I, i'm gonna narrow it down to like a handful that i want to talk about because cool. there's a lot on here and i'm like we don't have time yeah <laughs> All right. um do you have any you want to kick off with uh
1: my film of the year that was last flag flying i oh, really yeah. liked that film yeah uh one i talked about before at mm. uh, the very top of this i feel episode. bad i feel
0: like i watched that on a train like i watched it on my laptop on a train i uh, don't feel like i got the full like but i i did really like it i enjoyed their dynamic and
1: i really richard lingley is one these he's my favorite director um going right now but then um, i don't even it's not i couldn't i've tried i tried explaining it to someone the other day like the uh, the premise. But there's not. It's not. It's not the premise I want to sell. I want to sell just how these characters are just so fucking human, and uh, just it's this uh, admiration for everything Richard Linklater does, where he just care. Like it feels like he cares about his characters ah. so profoundly much that like his character could walk in, and before he'd be amazed that he, a fictional character was alive, he'd make sure they were okay, and make sure they were sat down and I had. Yeah. Them. I just. There's something about him that's so profoundly human and in last, last Black Lion um, it's time um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne Bryan Cranston, Brian Cranston, and, Steve Cranston and Steve Carell Steve Carell's fucking profoundly amazing Whoa. in it and he's like he's playing it, uh, the reason I want to shout it from the rooftops is because he's playing a more subtle character but he is amazing as that uh, sort of character. Like he's 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 quiet and he's a bit shy. And he's a bit awkward, but he's so good at it. Mm. And like you feel so much for this character. Brian Cranston and my, um, my, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is like bouncing off each other really really well. Everyone, I just love this film so much. And there's just there's conversations that they're having that feel so authentic. Like yeah. I just couldn't yeah, believe. Yeah, I. It
0: was something that one scene that really stuck out to me is when they're buying phones yeah and i did think i was like i i feel like you would you would overhear people having this conversation like it sounds very genuine like you would hear them talking about it and you'd kind of laugh and they'd hear you laughing and you'd all kind of get involved and like yeah and uh, there's um, one that's like weird conversation
1: on the train that they have there's like they're talking about prostitutes in vietnam and even though this is kind of this weird almost sleazy conversation you're listening to it and you're like this is so why are you bloody dropping me I've no even idea what it is. Uh, Yeah, I've got no idea. Um, It's uh, like even though it's like almost like what you would almost like a sleazy conversation, you're just so connected with these characters that yeah, you're so it feels so authentic and just lovely, and you just love these characters.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really like um, it really like the the kind of them like rediscovering this bond that they had Hmm. is the most fascinating aspect of it. Um. It is. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like, it's like hanging out with your dad's friends. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's That's what that movie feels like for two hours. It's like hanging out with your dad and his funny friends. Like, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Which I think sometimes is like, yeah, that's like a good, that's what you need. Like a film like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's incredibly talented. Richard Linklater. Like I'm excited to see Bernadette
1: where'd you go Bernadette yeah that's I've, it yeah we're yeah it's not just called Bernadette
0: <laughs> <laughs> um i've read
1: the book i'm super excited i love the book uh, i love richard link later i'm super excited that. i might borrow that off you
0: yeah. good um how i want to bring it up now because we mentioned it earlier uh thoroughbreds because we were talking about i f- can't remember her name but the actress from ready player one with the scar on her face yes. and that makes her ugly even though she's incredibly gorgeous yeah um did you see Thoroughbreds? Yeah, so saw Thoroughbreds. Yeah. Did you like it? I love Thoroughbreds. It's great, it's like a right? Film. it's a cool it's Not like film. it's like a it's like an updated Heathers.
1: Yes, yeah. I see what you mean in there, yeah. It's
0: that kind of but it's got that more like yeah, it's 2018 now. Like it's a bit more edgy about <laughs> <laughs> like these characters are riddled with anxiety and depression, as most people in this day and age are. Uh if it's more um
1: sociopathic they're like yeah. two it's almost like you have the the one from Mio and the dying girl who is like a straight up sociopath no empathy uh, a complete disconnect with reality mm-hmm. and then your other character who feels those sort of things but also needs to justify it to herself yeah. and it's almost about her becoming more and more sort of like a friend more more sociopathic and more just yeah i, I just found it really really neat. the in- yeah. relationship between them relationship- well that's
0: it the, because they are so drastically different that's what makes their relationship interesting to watch it's almost like them trying to talk one another into their way of thinking hmm. especially i mean the the girl from uh ready player one who is outright she says herself she is a, a sociopath she has yeah. no emotion she has to fake it and her coming from these like very clinical approaches to the situations whereas the other girl is overly emotional Mm. (laughs) um i think they make for such like an interesting pair and yeah i really do i really think it's like it's like it's like the modern heathers it's like Mm. the teen that teenage kind of taking out that teenage like frustration against a group of people in heathers it's obviously the popular teenage girls in this film it's her one of the characters stepdads Mm. um but uh yeah, I really like it, and I really like the style of it. It also has, I think, like my favorite poster of this year, and I think that's probably just because I like pink okay. a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I would strongly recommend it. I wanted to bring it up because I didn't want to let it like slide away because we kind of said we were going to mention it. So. Yeah,
1: that's all right.
0: I want to see it again. It's one of the films this year that I've been like, like I really want to get a chance to watch it again, but yeah. I haven't. Even the way I like how the 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 end the climax of that film. In any other movie, I feel like it would it would be played out where that would be the focus. But in this film, you just hear it happening off screen, mm, yeah. and you're focused on the other girl. And then the character comes back, you know, covered head to toe in blood and something like that. I think, yeah, it's just it's just a much more interesting way to convey that mm. than just showing it. Yeah, good um... film. <laughs> uh, also, could we? I almost don't know if we should leave this for another episode or but we, we talked about it in, in the start of an episode a while ago and we never came back to it um f- i know you watched it though first reformed yeah yeah um so first reformed i think i've mentioned it in an episode but just in case yeah. uh is about uh, a priest who uh this character comes to him and is like hey my husband uh I, she's like i'm pregnant my husband's freaking out, he doesn't want to bring a child into this world, can you convince him otherwise? And he goes to meet this man, and they have a lot of really interesting conversations about the state of the world right now, and why he doesn't want to bring a child into it. And it really kind of, like, shakes the priest's faith, and sends him on this kind of weird journey where he's looking into you know, environmental protests, Mm. and like kind of acts of terrorism and things like that, and kind of pushes him to like a really drastic place in his life and so i talked about it in the sense that i loved it and i, and I thought the ending was a cop-out hmm. and now you've seen it yeah i'm curious as to what you think i did like it i was incredibly
1: depressed after watching it yeah i liked the ending i did i'm now now i'm getting that problem where i'm trying to remember hmm. it um I, why I'm i liked it. it but um but what, I, the I feel like we have actually spoken about the ending on our very last episode, the Christmas one. Um, we talked about the first reforms oh, Did we? Yeah. I don't remember
0: that.
1: Yeah, we did because uh, it matched the ending of. Oh, Christmas so we did. Evil. Yeah, of course. So was... if you want to know <laughs> the spoiler version, um, then you I would go back and listen to that bit of that episode. Um, but I do think there's a sort of um. I remember when I watched it. I the ending had like a. A very very bittersweet ending, mm. uh, of which that I kind of enjoyed, but um, well, I didn't enjoy. Sorry, I I appreciated because of what I thought. I thought there was a lot of. Uh, I can't remember this film exactly now. Okay,
0: well, I was going to say like because I think we we talked about it in we did talk about it in the Christmas mm. Evil thing. Now that I'm remembering, which is that a friend of mine pointed out. I thought I thought that the ending was too. It didn't seem realistic because he had gone to such a drastic place and done so many drastic things and now you expect me to believe that Amanda Seyfried's just going to run in and yeah. embrace him and a friend of mine was like that probably isn't happening like because obviously he's, he's going to drink this mm. poison it's like he's probably drank that and he's dying and this is just his, his brain's way of processing it all. And it's the same way with Taxi Driver where you watch the end of Taxi Driver spoilers for Taxi Driver uh, you should probably see Tax Driver um, you know you, you get to the end of Tax Driver and he, he goes in shoots up this brothel shoots all these gangsters and then is declared a hero chances are he's probably either dead or thrown in jail mm. and this is just the way that because obviously he has always perceived himself as a hero mm. and so like this is that way of seeing it and I think maybe now that I've come around to that way of thinking about it I think I like it more yeah I just hope that that is genuinely the intent, which I would think it would be because it's written by the same person who wrote Taxi Driver, so...
1: Well, I never thought of um, The End and the First Reformed as sort of made up. Uh, I I don't know. Um, it's ridiculous if it's not. Bro. Yeah, I suppose I can see it that, but then I, I, I remember, I feel like I would need to rewatch it to talk about it properly, but I remember that there was a lot of um, talk of like, Thinking of good things and bad things in balance, yeah. And I feel like that's what the ending was trying to do. It was trying to take a good thing and bad things, like it's kind of there but unresolved. And uh, there is, there was something specific I remember watching it, thinking that's why the ending's like that. I'd have to rewatch it.
0: Yeah. Um. There's a couple. I think we can just rattle off Uh, Black Klansman. Did you see that?
1: Yes, I did see Black Klansman.
0: I liked it. I liked it. I just don't really like. I'm not a fan of. I I I I'm not a fan of Spike Jones. Hmm. I don't like him much as a as a Spike Lee. Sorry, I'm not a huge fan of him as a director. I think and I think this film has a lot of has a few moments in it that hit home with that for me. Where I just he 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 seems to just think that throwing a lot of different styles in is having a style. It's not. Like The film is relatively straight for a lot of it but then there'll be weird moments where the characters hear a knock at the door so they draw their weapons and then the camera pans back as they float down Mm. the corridor. There's not been a scene like that yet. Why is that happening? Like, Did you just do that because you thought it was cool? I don't really understand. Stop it. Uh (laughs) The only film that I remember Spike Lee for is his Old Boy remake. 'Cause it was really bad. <laughs> um that wasn't good. I, I did like I liked Black Handsman a lot though. Like for the most part. I um, Adam Dive is really good at it. Yeah. He's really good. Everybody was pretty good in it. I just I don't I don't feel like I have a lot to say in it other than that. Um there's a couple that I... Don't, oh, uh American Animals was this year. Okay. Did you see American I didn't actually see American Animals. Incredible film, that was in my top ten. Um so it's about uh it's a true story. But a group of four teenagers who tried to steal a very valuable book from their student library. But then, okay. obviously, it's in it's in a part of the library. It's in like a separate bit, hmm. and you have to like get an appointment to come into this bit of the library and see the book, which is behind a big stained glass window. Uh, they forge a plan to steal the book. It goes horribly wrong. Uh, it was a true story. Uh, and the interesting thing about this film is it was made by the same person who made the imposter from a few years ago i don't know if you saw that uh which was a kind of half documentary half reconstruction but it was still a reconstruction in the classic documentary way where there wasn't really any acting they just got people who looked like the real people and then when the real people are describing what happened you have these actors who are kind of playing it out uh whereas american animals has fully a fully casted film with professional actors. You've got uh, I forget their names, but the guy who plays Quicksilver in the X Men movies, yeah, uh, and the character for one of the, the guys from uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, so like fully, fully professionally casted movie, all acting, just playing it out like a normal film. But interspliced throughout the film are interviews with the actual guys that it happened to which sounds like it could be quite clunky, but it actually works really well because the the, the the obviously what they're trying to do is relatively small scale. They're trying to steal this book. It doesn't sound unbelievable, but there's a few moments in it where it seems a bit like, did it really happen like this? Is this, is this how it went down? And so just as you're starting to think that, they'll cut to a documentary style interview with one of the real guys. Okay. And he will tell you, what was happening and his mindset at that moment. And it helps to like always ground it. So when these moments come up where you feel like, oh this is a bit ridiculous, they clearly just wrote this in because it's good film it, like it's a good storytelling. But then they cut back to like a, a an actual person and he's like, Yeah, this is how it happened and this is how I felt when it was happening. And it, it like it works really well, I thought. Okay. It's like a really interesting way to tell a story. <clears throat> um so I would recommend it if you haven't heard of it. American Animals. Strong, strong recommendation from this boy. Fair enough. Um uh, through a couple. Bohemian Rhapsody. People are saying it's good. It's not good. Uh, it's. <laughs> it's. It's. It's such it's like, a sanitized it's version of that. It's exactly what I was going to It's a compl- it's sanitized version of Freddie Mercury's life. All the things that sound interesting about Freddie Mercury, this film won't even dare go near them because they're too controversial. Um, they dramatize the hell out of it for some reason they because they, they i don't know if it's because they couldn't think of an ending but they they decide to recreate uh live aid. the live aid concert why when i can just go watch the live aid concert it doesn't make sense to me um i'm really not i'm not i'm not a huge fan of it i think they no. i think they ham it up way too much i wanted to go on just on because it's a musical
1: one as well uh, a star is born i know you didn't see it i, I did it. i think it's worth noting because it was big at the time uh, I really like the first half the f- the first half's like almost a really overly cheesy romance film between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga I just wanted another look at you I just want take another look at you <laughs> he's doing his best Sam Elliott <sighs> Bradley- Sam Elliott plays Bradley Cooper's brother in this and it's very strange when they're talking to each other and you're like are supposed to be brothers there's such a big age yeah. gap between." wait them. who's playing the brother Sam Elliott I thought okay that's but, why it's I thought of- you said
0: Brad Pitt and I was like is that where he's been <laughs> no we haven't
1: found Brad Pitt yet yeah no. of course <laughs> um but it's kind of a weird um, thing. I I feel like there's a the ending the ending if feels. In, I've never actually seen any of the other Star is Born films. Uh, it's supposed to be reminiscent of that, uh, or that's the ending of it. But uh, I feel like in this film, the ending isn't deserved, isn't earned. It's such a dramatic ending, and you're like, no. That, I feel like that kind of came out of nowhere. Mm. Even though there's a um, a decline of certain events, don't think it would have jumped to that. Uh, I, yeah the second half really really stupid the first half I thought was just really nice and cheesy uh, the song is really really good except when they go in the la, la, los. they really ran out of lyrics to that bit yeah. uh, that is A Star Is Born
0: it doesn't sound like my cup of tea but everyone seems to like it so I might watch it
1: that's why I had to go see it because it was just like one of those films, everyone was talking about it it's like The great Showman I was like well go,
0: better go see it then yeah Danny I'm looking at this list and I saw too many dramas this year I so, wanted to
1: throw one up <clears> that I ha- we haven't mentioned yet. I felt like Drum was the best place to put it, so I put it here. Breadwinner. Uh not see it. Oh. Oh, I really fucking loved Breadwinner. One of my films of the year uh, about um, the uh, the Taliban's influence in. Oh, this is gonna sound make me sound really arrogant. Iraq. <laughs> I yes. don't
0: know. I can't help you, mate. Yes. you're on. You're on. Um,
1: I better look that up just in case, because that's. I wouldn't stress about it. Uh, it's. Um, Basically, it's this family uh, in, in the Taliban's influence. Women have, like, basically no rights. Then They're not even allowed to go outside the house without a man there with them. Uh, the, uh, this family, the uh, breadwinner, the man, is thrown into jail. So the family aren't able to go and buy food because it's just women after that. It's a, mo- a mother and uh, three daughters. Um, so that um, the middle child daughter shaves her head and pretends to be a boy and is able to go out and then sees the world from a boy's perspective it's again it's like I'm trying to think there's a film that was like um, maybe Song of the Sea is what I'm thinking of where it takes this really sort of uh, which is ba- made by the same people uh, it takes this uh, very adult idea like in Song of the Sea it takes depression and it shows it from a kid's perspective and uh, in Breadwinner it does that same thing where it like it's this whole big horrible thing that's happening a very big political thing but it takes it from the child's perspective and makes it a lot sort of uplifting and um and there's like yeah it's it's very endearing the characters are very endearing the way they they deal with this situation and it's it makes it a whole lot more innocent from a child's perspective and it's like it's fascinating watching it for like the child navigate this world and you knowing, understanding all of these implications behind it really fucking loved it really endearing character F- fucking brilliant fucking brilliant sounds wonderful i'll <clears throat> i'll add it to my list that i definitely I got two copies making. of it on dvd for christmas because i love
0: it so much. check you danny i you know what i'm looking at this list and i'm like so many movies on here and i kind of feel like we should just end on the last one that i want to talk about I think and then I think we should just leave it there because otherwise we'll be here forever
1: uh, is it Leave No Trace
0: no of course not it's 8th grade oh we could talk about Leave No Trace did you watch it I loved Leave No Trace
1: yeah I thought it was really good communicative um, Leave No Trace I just thought the best thing about it was the communication between the father and the daughter I feel like you it feels mentioned like the closest
0: it. thing we have to the last of us yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: But there was a film you mentioned earlier that had that no Lady Bird this feels like the, the same thing where it's like there's so little conveyed uh, through just speaking in this mm. film, that isn't just like just the way they act mm. around each other. I fucking love no- Leave No Trace.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I I really liked it as well. Eighth grade! I loved eighth grade. Let's fucking end on eighth grade, I think. Yes. Um, so you watched it as well? Cool. Yeah. How, like, this film literally will bring up every single anxiety you ever had when you were at school (laughs) that genuinely this film destroyed me Hmm. like I I was a I was a wreck at the end of this film um because it just it literally I don't I don't think I've ever seen something bring up such like genuine like raw emotion Hmm. like emotions that I know like that I recognized Like I don't think anything's ever like managed to bring that up from me before, but I I was like I can't like I can't handle this movie, and even there's even things that she says that relate to me as a 25 year old man (laughs) that stressed me out as well. Like, and I think we don't even have social media. We didn't even have social media to deal with when we were at school. Yeah, the things that they like they show that this kid has to deal with now. I just, I don't know how any kid handles it. I don't know how they deal with it. If you're not the straight up popular kid, if you're just if you're just like a weird kid, like how do you deal with that shit? I have no idea and it would be so anxious and so stressed out. Um I thought for once I feel like an American drama set in a high school has done away with the clichés of an American drama set in a high school. Yeah. Of you've got the jocks and you've got the the nerds and everyone's just People, and some of them are more popular than others. But that's kind of it. It's the way school really works. That was how our school worked. Mm. There, we, you were just all at school, and some people were more popular than others. Um. Yeah, I thought it did like an I like I just yeah I can't I, I can't even imagine what it's like to be at school now. There's so
1: much anxiety in this film with the way that you just want this character to connect with someone. Yeah. Um. But you, she's just struggling out of awkwardness and misplaced with like
0: it's is because it's not that it's that thing of when you're a kid and you're you, i feel like you, you try so hard to just fit in yeah like you don't want to embrace the things that make you you because that might make people think you're weird like the scene where she she's at a birthday party and everyone has kind of bought the, the girl's open in her presents and everyone's bought her clothes and things like that and she opens the main character's present and it's like a card game. Mm. And she's so the the girl who's opened the present is so like weirded out by it. And you just want to grab her and be like, "It's a fucking card game." Hi. Like she hasn't just handed you a dead rat. <laughs> like it's a it's a card game. Hi. And like if you just fucking got out of you got your head out of your ass and stopped like thinking that you were better than people, like you might lo- you might just like find that you have fun with it. Yeah. But it's like <sighs> I feel like I'm starting to sound like a teenager now, but like, yeah, I just, I really, I, I, it really like, it got to a point where I was like, it's either this or Roma, and it oh, was okay. like a difficult decision, because I think this is like a really powerful film, and I think this is this is obviously a much more relatable film, hmm. because we've been through high school, yeah, and it fucking sucks. It does um, not to the extent that she has it. But just that—that that desperate need to fit in, and like I said, just not like that. You know what? Like people who say, like, oh, "I would love to go back to like I would love to go back to being like a kid, like have that lack of responsibility mm. and stuff." Fuck that! <laughs> like, just like hiding who you are on like a daily basis because of what people might say or think about you. Like, who wants to go back to that? Like now, when you're older, you like you find your people, like you embrace your personality and you find other people who are into that and people who are who get what they like about themselves yeah. and get what they like and you bond with those people right. you also have as an adult
1: everyone's a bit more open to each other yeah you're not like you, you wouldn't if you gave an, another adult a card game they'd be like all right okay they might not
0: like card games that they go yeah know,
1: they, they would appreciate it. yeah I that. it's
0: like you try and embrace it but when you're that age, you just... The, people like that have no interest. God, dude, I sound like a fucking, like, oh, woe is me. Like, Wait, but, like okay. I sound like a, net, yeah, like a fucking neckbeard. But, like, just... I'm not trying to be like that. I'm trying to, like, genuinely... Like, that was, that was how school yeah. was. Like I said, was, like... Aside from, like, your group of close friends, you really did stifle yourself to just fit in and get through without anyone making fun of you. Because doing something as simple as fucking... Fucking tripping on your shoelaces, and suddenly you're oh, trips on his shoelaces, boy, for the rest of the time. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't take much
1: to get like a weird
0: name, Um, and you just when she when you just want her to make a real connection so desperately, and she spends the whole movie trying to do it, but she's trying to do it with the wrong people. And you, as an adult, (laughs) you as a person who's been through this, want to fucking grab her and be like, you don't like. And I shouted this at the screen like multiple times. Watched it with Katie. I think it was stress out. I shouted at the screen off times like, "You don't need these people. Fuck these people. Like they're they're nothing. Mm. Like you don't need them. Focus on the people who seem actually interested in you. Aye. Focus on those people and the people who embrace the things that you enjoy. And your life will be so much fucking easier than trying to impress folk who have no interest or no, yeah, no interest in like accepting you or learning about you in any way." Mm. Fuck that. School sucked. And this film nails that. That concept. Like, yeah. I think it's brilliant. And it comes from a guy who wrote a fucking Kanye West style rap about Pringle cats. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Burnham is a great guy. I'm um, super excited to see if he doesn't have a film. As As much as there are other dramas that would be maybe interesting to talk about, I don't think any of them are as interesting as that. And I think we'll be here all day if we keep going yeah. So I I think that might be where we should leave it. Yeah. I think Please, that is exactly where we should leave it. If you can watch 8th grade like do it because it's incredible. Um it's yeah, I want to watch it again. I've been meaning to watch it again. I just don't know if I can handle it, especially if I have to watch it by myself. I think I might break down. <laughs> um but yeah, it's uh it's it's something it's something special. It's something that I think is going to stand the test of time for a long time because like I said, even though being a teenager has changed like so much, it's still incre- It's still so relatable. Yeah. When I've been out of school for, you know, nearly ten years now, like, yeah, it's 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 a stunning, stunning movie. Ten out of ten. <laughs> eighth, g- eighth grade out of eighth grade.
1: Eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ten out of ten. Yes, Danny. Whew.
0: Also, fucking hold the dark and that's all I'll say about that <laughs> that should be so, that for me should be so much more and it's not um I think we should end there yeah if you want to get in
1: contact with us tell us a film if there is a we know we've missed films um, um, we've de- we've definitely missed if there was a particular highlight of 2018 for you or what you're looking forward to in 2019 get us that second opinion that second with a two at
0: uh, Facebook or Twitter hmm? bloody. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Danny, what... what are you excited for movies next year? Hell... Where'd you go, Benedetto, which you talked about? Mm, are you excited for Hellboy? Nah. No. Nope. <laughs> I actually
1: have... Uh, Son? John Wick out next year. Fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the only film that matters. Glass? Glass is out. Yeah, I'm excited next for that. Uh, Godzilla? looks really cool. Mm, it, I would say that was the best trailer of last year. It's that Chapter 2's out? A Lot to look forward to. Yeah, there's a lot. But um Men in Black. Yeah, let's be real. Like Hobbs and Shaw. Is that coming out? Yeah, next year. Damn. Yeah, let's be real. John Wick 3. It's all that matters. If that was <laughs> if I if I right now if I had to pick like one movie that it would be that it'd be John Wick three. Like that would be the movie that I'd be like, if I only if I'm only allowed to see one, one movie film. next year, it'd be John Wick three. Like, always oh, not disappointing. I hope not. Anyway, uh, we'll be back soon with lots of movie chat and all that good stuff, and we're gonna look at talk about. Weird Happy 2019. And... Bye.
1: And love weird, I love you. I love you so much.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye.